0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to New Books in Journalism. I'm Kate Edenborg, the host of this channel, and today we'll be talking to Clyde Farnsworth about his new book, Tangled Bylines, A Father and Son Cover the 20th Century. And welcome, Clyde, to the podcast. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Doing pretty good. Um, So, Clyde, I was wondering if we could start off the interview here um, having you tell a little bit about yourself, and I know... The book tells us a lot about <laughs> yourself and your father, uh, but if we could just kind of get a brief introduction.
1: Sure, happy to do that. Uh, you know, my life as a startup uh, journalist uh, can be summed up by uh, my relationship with uh, my with two actually two two gentlemen my my father and Uncle Sam. <laughs> uh, more about Uncle Sam later. But my my dad worked for the AP for. For a long time, and uh, we did lots of things of t- together while he was working for the AP. And we went on long bike rides, and uh, uh, played chess together. And uh, uh, the neighbors always thought that he was a food merchant because he worked for the AP, and they thought the a- AP was the A and P. But <laughs> of course, it was the greatest uh, wire service, and still is. And uh, he took me to the office, and. On those Sundays, I especially loved because uh you you could um uh you, you could just wander about in this what was a kind of a depression kid remember this is in the in the late thirties and early forties mm-hmm. a depression kid uh kids um uh, uh a Disneyland kind of place because it was it was Rockefeller the the office was in Rockefeller Center in New York and and we wandered about I wandered about and uh, you know in, enjoyed the whole the whole scene there the escalators especially and uh, then um, uh, the uh, the and the cable desk was uh, especially interesting because there were all these uh, the, all these uh, Men with uh, everybody wore jackets in those days, and uh, they or they, uh, they they loosened their collars. They loosened their collars. Maybe they took off their jackets, and they were smoking a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> and they and they would end up, uh, you know, pounding pounding the typewriters. And so I would pound the typewriters. Key, but instead of writing about the the German invasion of Russia or something like that, I was I was writing about Superman, and uh, and uh, you know, my father had taught me how to how to type. So I'd be writing about werewolves and Superman and that kind of thing, and and it was it was really very exciting to uh, to to do all that. But and, and so th- what happens is 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 a little bit later, uh, he goes off as a war correspondent, and then and then he never comes back. <laughs> and so I've got this crazy situation where I you know I love my dad, and then suddenly he goes off with another woman and everything else, and and I kind of hate my dad. And so uh, the the whole the whole book becomes a uh, a story about uh, how I, you know, go from this uh, hatred almost to, you know, to to admiration, later admiration and and respect. Uh, because he had, you know he was doing you know what he was called on to do professionally and uh, and personally he had uh, you know he had a very difficult time also so it was uh it was that kind of situation and then then the then but now comes Uncle Sam uh i'm uh, this is about 10 years later and uh, and uh, the uh, you know the korean war is on and so i end up in uh, in korea and at first i go as a uh, i i i joined the army and at first i go as a combat medic on in heartbreak ridge and then after that i um, end up in um, as a as a as a uh, believe it or not as a uh, correspondent as a i was a combat reporter for the 45th division news uh, that was after about four months on the hill as a uh as, as a uh as a combat medic and they, they made the switch because they needed somebody on the, on the newspaper, and I was about the only person who had a college education in the whole unit, and so they, they, they plucked me, and of course, that probably saved my life, but it also taught me a lot about being a journalist, and so I um, ended up, uh, uh, you know, writing uh, quite a lot of combat stories, and then uh, so after the war, uh, I um, I decided to just jump into the united press and see what was happening i, I didn't go to the ap because the, I, I had taken the the uh the train into grand central i don't know if you know Manhattan or not but anyway the ap office was is is, is not too that close to the uh, to the to the united uh, it's not that close to grand central but the united press in those days was in the uh, daily news building which was just one block away so my first my first uh, uh, appointment was with the, uh, with the United Press and, and, they took me right away. And so I, I never went, never even applied for another job. <laughs> I went to the, I went to the United Press and then after five years at the UP, I ended up at the Herald Tribune and that was a great, great newspaper. One, I don't, I don't mean to sound like, like Donald Trump, but it was a great, great newspaper <laughs> in those days. And, uh, and unfortunately it failed after about seven or eight years, uh, but I by that time, I had joined the The Times and and, was, uh, and that was in an even greater experience, even even more incredible and And suddenly I find myself in, in, in London and uh, with the Beatles and uh, uh, all these fantastic uh, stories that were breaking at that time, and uh, suddenly I, uh, uh, and, and then I have a family. And so that's 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 more or less the story that well then from from London, I go to Paris and then from Par- I, mean, I go to Brussels and then to Paris and and, and then the whole thing uh, continues, uh, you know, going to uh, just have it, uh, the, the Prague invasion, the invasion of 1968. Well, I'm jumping ahead a lot of years now because I'm trying to trying to summarize in a short period of time. But anyway, it was quite an exciting period. It was incredible. And, uh, and you know, and I, will, of course, will never, never forget any any of those moments.
0: You did a great job of summarizing your life in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you kind of started talking about this already, uh, um, you know, kind of talking about the, you know, the different inspirations for your book but yes. how, what was like you know you probably had I, I, I'm kind of guessing you had thoughts of doing this potentially for a while but how did you kind of come you know what kind of nudged you to to get to move forward with this book was it a process that started long ago or did it just kind of did something strike you that happened to inspire yeah,
1: you to do it great, now that's a great question and and what actually what happened was that I was as I was Coming back to uh, to a good relationship with my father, uh, I, you know, I I'd learned a lot of things about his life, and it was like the you know the other side of the moon. I mean, I didn't know anything, and so we we talked we talked about that, and and he and you know what what he was doing in, in the period that uh, that he was away, you know, was covering World War II, <laughs> the Chinese Civil War, uh, the Korean War, because he was there on the very first uh, week. Week or two of the of the Korean War, he was in Taegu and almost got killed there, uh, which is in central central South Korea, and uh, so I, 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 you know, was asking him an awful lot of questions about about him, and I said, you know, we've got to we've got to sit down and let's let's do this systematically. And, and so that's how it all began. We were living together at that time in uh, Arlington, and uh, I got a typewriter and and um, you know asked him questions and he responded initially I wanted him to uh, he was very sick at this time, so initially I wanted to uh, get him to to uh, just do it himself you know just talk he could talk to a t- tape recorder but he 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 did, he did he couldn't do it. I would leave the tape recorder, turn it on and everything and there'd be nothing on the tape recorder and because he had I, I would, while I was going to work because I was still at the, I was at the times Washington bureau at the, at that time and uh, so I'd leave him um, alone and, and then there would be nothing on the on the tape recorder and so uh, I would uh, get a little bit angry and he just said well I, I just can't do it so so what I did was just get a, a, a fast typewriter I was a pretty fast typist in those days very fast and uh, and so I would just take down his answers of the questions and I would just ask him one question after the other and he would sort of relive his experiences during this period that we lived Live together. Uh, he would relive these experiences for uh, 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 you know the the, the duration of of, of, the, of our sort of interviews. We would do this about an hour, two hours every night uh, in Arlington in this beautiful apartment, very nice apartment we had uh, that when we were living together, uh, not too far from the Pentagon actually. And uh, so that's that's how the book started. And uh, and I just took took notes notes all the time and and of course I had to fill it out, fill it up but, you know because a lot of the stuff he was talking about I didn't even understand and I had to you know do get get basic information about you know what the war in China was all about and uh, and who, who MacArthur was and who Chiang Kai Shek was and, uh, and 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 uh, these things so I I, I had to uh, you know put on my uh, my my uh, thinking cap as mm-hmm. well. And and so, um, but it, it, we we slowly we slowly pursued, and and that and I'm talking now in the in the 1980s. Of course, he died in 1984, so this is in the early 1980s. And then I had huge amounts of notes and everything else, and of course I was doing other things. And including, and to me, it was a project. It was a a project of love and everything else. But it wasn't. It wasn't the the top priority for me. I was Mm -hmm. trying to write a novel at the same time. I was, you know, working very hard at at the Times, at Washington Bureau, and so I just uh, decided to, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't push this project that fast. And of course, he passed away, which was which was horrible. And and uh, and then suddenly, uh, I've got all these notes, and I've got to do something. And um, so it has taken me four decades <laughs> to 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 uh, put, put put everything together. And um, you know, I, I, it's it, it's been a, it's been a huge huge project. Uh, it's sort of like uh, you know, uh, I, f- I feel like. Uh, I feel like Samuel uh, Johnson, you know, uh, I, I, he was sort of like Samuel Johnson answering the questions of uh, of, uh, of, 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 uh, of James Boswell, for example, you know, mm-hmm. back in the 18th century, uh, because I, it was uh, I was just asking all these minutiae, these questions going into the minutiae of his life. And, uh, and and he would he would respond. And uh, but you, I don't know. But I see I went to Yale. And, and when I was at Yale, there were a lot of um, uh, uh, the, were big in 18th century studies. I studied English, and there were, there were a couple of professors there. One was uh, 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 Frederick Pottle, and the other was uh, um, uh, uh, Chauncey Tinker. And They were both wonderful English professors, and they both were students of the 18th century. And so I'd always had this idea. That if you could just you know sit around uh, and, and ask questions and everything you, you know you could learn everything that you really needed to know about uh, about the world and so i i i was i was quite impressed by, by of course the um uh you know boswell's life of johnson and i am also impressed although i haven't fully read it uh the the winston churchill's son you know randolph wrote a, wrote a wonderful biography of his file. only oh, it was uh, it was only one volume but, but anyway i was i i was in influenced and impressed by those by those works and and, and I, they, they were always in the back of my mind i said you know i've got to do something similar to this, this to do to this with my with my own dad because he's lived in these these amazing uh times and 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 you know he saved the lives of two two journalists uh, uh during the chinese civil war and i learned only learned about that when i was in Prague uh in in 1968 my dad and i were both there together and and one of the men whose life he saved his name was george vine who worked for the london daily mail um, he came up to me and he said, "You know, your your father saved my life in Shanghai." And I said, uh, "I said I, I, I didn't know that." And he said, "You know, I'll ask your father about it someday." And so I later, you know, during these sessions that we had in Arlington in the in the nineteen eighties, I did. I asked him all about that. And and um, and uh, I uh, I asked him. I said, "Why haven't you told me about this before?" And he said, "Because you never asked." <laughs> And so that's that's the kind of situation that I that that we were living through. And as I say, uh, it took a uh, uh, to just took all this uh, period of time to to uh, to work this thing out.
0: One of the the things that came to mind as you were talking, and it was just um, in gathering all the information from him, like that last statement you made that that you never asked, you know, so he didn't tell you. But was he willing to share information? Um, you know, being on the flip side of the questions, you know, with his career and well, in your career um, as journalist, but um, did you get a sense of how he felt being the subject?
1: I think he loved it. Yeah. I, I think he, he, oh yeah, no, he was, he was always, you see, I've always been rather, rather, you know, inferior, feeling, you know, had inferiority complexes, etc. whereas he was just the opposite. He was always he he loved to do parlor trucks. He <laughs> he would tell stories. I mean, he was he was really the you know he yeah, If you think of Orson Welles, he looked a little bit like Orson Welles in Citizen Kane. I mean, he he was he, was, he was, or or uh, uh, in the, in that great uh, movie about Vienna, uh, the, but um, the Third Man. Uh, but he he was he loved he loved to be the center the center of attraction. So he he wanted this he wanted to t- tell a story very much, and he was wondering why the hell I hadn't asked he was wondering <laughs> what what kind of a reporter I was hanging around and not even asking him about you know these these fantastic uh, experiences that he had had in in China I mean you know this is this was incredible and then and then those days that that days in in, in the Korean war uh, were were, were mind blowing too but not only that but he had you know amazing experiences in Europe because he later you know his his, uh, his second wife was a Viennese, and uh, she was also a friend of of, of of Simon Wiesenthal, who was the you know the the, the great Nazi hunter mm-hmm. and and everything. And 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 my father wrote a wonderful. Um, my father w- wrote this wonderful uh, b- magazineer for the for the New York Times magazine about uh, Simon Wiesenthal. It was the first, you know, mainstream uh, article about Wiesenthal uh, in the, um, uh, you know, in, in, in the American press, and uh, uh, that uh, was uh, was was quite was quite important uh, as well so so he and and that life in vienna that that he had was was in the middle of the cold War you know vienna in those this is now in the in the seventies and sixties and seventies uh you know if you if you remember well you wouldn't remember that that period, but it was a very very hectic period and there you didn't know whether you know we were going to have a world War three tomorrow and and everybody's spies were spying on everybody else and it was a it was an incredible situation, and he set himself up as a as reporter in uh, in 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 Vienna to uh, to uh, uh, report on, on the, this kind of situation and he represented a number of uh, including the New York Times that's how he uh, that that that's how he uh, you know j- eventually joined the New York Times and uh, uh, but never as a never as a permanent staffer but always as a as a as a stringer and so I was I was you know greatly admiring of, of, of his uh, ability to you know Know, because it's a very t- tough profession, mm-hmm. the um, you know the news profession. It's not it's not a profession for 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 old men. It's uh, you know you don't you don't you don't you don't grow old in, in as a newsman. Uh, so it and it's it's just very 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 hard. So I, I had a tremendous amount of respect. He, he was able to pick himself up. He lost jobs. He you know he was fired from the AP mainly because of his relationship with his second wife uh, uh, who as i say was i a, was a holocaust survivor but um, uh, 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 and she they met in uh, they met in iran and then and then later uh, he took her to china and um, and uh, they, they they had a wonderful life together a very rather dangerous life i mean it was it was uh, it was sort of the kind of life that you uh, would have uh, uh, you know that you would you, know, that you would think of in these uh, 30s or 40s movies um, uh, with uh, with all sorts of, uh, of crazy happenings uh, behind the scenes and everything and, and everybody sort of laying for everybody else uh, so it was was a uh, it was not not that, um, not that easy a situation so anyway, that that I, I had great great respect for him, and then he, he built up this freelance network, which which was incredible. He was representing at one point NBC News. He was representing the the Times. He was representing uh, the Chicago Tribune. He was representing the Reader's Digest. And he would read medical weekly, medical news, <laughs> medical news, among other things. And he had this amazing stringer network. And he'd asked me to join him. He wanted me to join him uh, in in Vienna uh, to uh, to help him because he was he was uh, you know overwhelmed by all the this activity that he had to do. And and suddenly, uh, I, but at this time I I had a pretty good job with the Times in London, and and I you know thought. To myself and my wife at that time, Barbara, uh, she is, you know, was not particularly anxious to go to London, go to go to Vienna when I was when we were living in London. We just had a, a child and everything else. So I had to tell him no. And so instead of instead of taking me, he was a little bit angry about that. And so, no, but instead of taking me, um, he he got a, a wonderful guy named Charles John. Well, he got he got four or five men, including my younger brother. But but let me let me just talk talk to you about uh, Charles Johnson was was from south side of uh, of, uh, of Chicago, and he uh, he. Uh, l- 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 Came to uh, to, the, uh, uh, to Vienna via the U.S. Army, and uh, and he was a uh, a uh, African American actor, and and my father went to one of his plays and found him. They had a wonderful time together, and and he invited him to to work for uh, him as as a kind of stringer or something uh, for his Vienna eight ate this this. this this agency that he was creating. And so, um, and so Charles Johnson came there and worked there for a while. And then suddenly my father wrote a, wrote a piece for, uh, for, um, um, magazine, um, um, about, about this. And, and Johnson was, was, got so much notoriety that, that, that he left. And then he, then another fellow, my father picked, Found, so was a uh, Dutch go doter who became a reporter for the Washington Post. And a little later, he took, uh, my, he got uh, my younger brother uh, to work for him even. <laughs> so, so there were, uh, it, it was, it was a huge operation and, and, but we, we were, you know, then gradually we, we, Drew closer together, you know, as I would visit and everything else, and and the fact that, that I did not uh, join him, uh, uh, he he later felt well, uh, well, we, we we sort of made amends about the fact that because he was upset that I that I didn't join him, but but he did very well. He did very. I just want to mention one thing. When I came back from Europe in the in uh, the in the nineteen uh, uh, seventies, um, Charles Johnson. Made a special trip from Chicago. He, no, he'd later gone to the Harvard Business School. I don't know where he came from. He might have been coming from <laughs> uh, from from, uh, from uh, Harvard at this moment. But he he had he gotten a, a degree at, at Harvard, and and he but he came to Washington. And he came into the office, and he just he just came up to my desk, and it was incredible and, and he said, "You know I wanted to tell you I wanted to tell you this personally uh, that what a, what an important figure, figure uh, your father was in my life, and I wanted you to know this, et etc et etc and it was just an amazing moment. So there, there, the this was this was the other part of it. As I said, this, what was happening in China was incredible, but also what he what he did, what he constructed in in, in Vienna, this uh, this uh, stringer operation that he had, uh, was was also incredible. And so it, it, he he <laughs> he, it, he was he was you know really a rather all round uh, journalistic uh, empresario. <laughs>
0: well, given I. I mean, everything that you've done in your career and he's done in his career and in your lives, you know, together and apart. I mean, how did you choose? I mean, you have two lives full of, you know, happenings, right? Um, how did you choose what you included? Um, you know, I'm, obviously things had to be left out, but we're... How did you um, end up kind of prioritizing what needed to be featured and what didn't?
1: Well, thank you for asking. Yeah, that—that's a no. That—that that obviously was very difficult, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff has been left out, unfortunately. But I—I I tried to, you know, just just do it naturally. Uh, you know, the, what 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 flows naturally. So I tried mm-hmm. to to, uh, to to talk about his youth a little bit and everything, and then the the grandparents that he had, etc., uh, which were who were very important to his life, and then and then and then i tried to sort of segue into into my own life and uh, and and how we sort of dovetails uh, but there obviously i was very much interested in the uh, in the whole World War two uh, because you know World War two is never going to end I mean it, it it's always with us and, and 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 you know when you think about it I, I think about Wingate Ward Wingate in, in Burma the jungle jungle fighters I think about Chenault and the air Force and the the 14th air Force I think about Chiang kai-shek and Mao Zedong. and uh, you know the, I mean this is this is all part of a of, of, it's, it's it's classic. It's, it's it'll never it'll never die. It's, it's it's all it's part of the fabric of of our of our lives, or at least my life. I mean, you, you wouldn't remember this as as much as I do, but for me, this was like it would be like my father, you know, remembering the, the Battle of the Somme, or the or the bat or my mother remembering the Battle of Verdun, and in, in 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 World War One. I. I mean, these, these are things that, that just never that that as far as as far as the people of my generation are concerned we will never will never go away i mean world war 2 as far as we're concerned just never ends so that's, that's, that's the, uh, so it was, it was just a question of prioritizing mm-hmm. and trying to tell a story, uh, in a, in a, in, in a, uh, logical fashion, you know, and you learn, you learn to do this eventually, as, as a newspaper man, especially if you're working on a big takeout as you, and you must tell your students, you, you it's just must, must be very similar. You, you, you have to take, you know, it doesn't always have to be what's most important. You, you, you tell the story as it sort of flows, make it flow and, 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 and Make people understand it and, 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 and have a have a uh, you know a, a sense of, of 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 what's what's going on. Uh, that, I think that's that's the most important. Uh, so that they realize that it's a uh, uh, that they realize that that it's a story, but it has a point of view, and, and, and you you try to tell it in 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 a concise, but at the same time, full manner.
0: Do you think that you had like a similar approach, um, you know, creating or, you know, writing this book as you did um, to your journalistic writing? Or did you feel like it was different? Oh,
1: I I think it was different. I really do. Because mm-hmm. the, the journalistic writing, you know, was uh, – well, first of all, it, it wasn't I, – I, I, I w- I wasn't looking at a at a at a tableau so much I was looking at individual uh, in, individual uh of, you know uh, things in 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 a, in a, in a, you know in my in, in what I was covering I I was you know when I went to the uh when I went to uh, England, for example, the big thing that I was covering—I was—I was—I was the the editor. I was a reporter for the uh, for the uh, um, for the coal miners. My 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 big story in those days was was uh, was the disappearing coal mines in in the in, in the central part of England, and um, so you would and that was a very 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 sad story. And, and it's, it's incredible that 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 story is still around. We've got that story today in uh, you know in Pennsylvania. And, and West Virginia. It's the same story, exact same story that I wrote 50 years ago or 40 years ago in uh, in, in, in England. Uh, there was a place called Colville, C-O-A-L-V-I-L-L-E. I didn't, never thought that, and it's still there. And there were, the, there were hu- huge mines there. And I remember going into the mine, talking to the, the guys there, and just wondering why on earth they wanted to work in the, those pits. And the reason they did is because they were getting good money uh, for going into the mine, they were very good money, but at the same time what they like more than anything else and I got a sense of this too when I was in the army when I was in Korea was 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 the 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 the, the, uh, the buddy factor I mean you were you were really close to your to your to your buddies and that was important you go down uh, with a, with a minor, another minor, and you, you would do anything for that guy and and just the same way as you would in the uh, you know if you're in Korea or if you're in Vietnam or something and you were with, a, with with a friend I mean with a buddy uh, you would... Would save his life. He would save yours. I mean, there was just no no question about that. That buddy factor is very important in the in the whole in the whole mining uh, industry, especially when you're you know you're risking your life and in those in those awful places. So that was a big factor plus the money. So that was those those were those were factors that I was uh, you know trying to uh, trying to uh, bring out in, in in my various reporting life.
0: Yeah, I was. I think he, you mentioned, you know, kind of the journalistic approach, you know, prioritizing information, and I, yes. I was, but I was thinking about, you know, who, if you had a particular audience in mind, or do you have hopes of who you'd like to read this book, or what you want them to take away from the text?
1: Well, well, yes. Well, I mean, I <laughs> obviously, I hope everyone reads. it, but. <laughs>
0: And buys, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
1: buys it. Yeah, uh, yeah, buys it. Well, I don't really care whether they buy it so, so long as they read it. I, you know, I'm, I'm not in this. And I'm not in it for the money. I never mm-hmm. was. But anyway, the, I'm just. Uh, I, I like to write. I like to, uh, uh, I think these stories are important. That, mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, the, the air war in China, first of all, people don't know about it. I, I, I bet you today people don't, you know, haven't even heard of Claire Chennault, and, and, and they don't know about the Japanese offensive, for example, in, in Western China. Uh, there was a major Japanese offensive in 1944. It was almost as big as the Battle of the Bulge. Now we've heard about the Battle of the Bulge in, in Western Europe, and that uh, they were where Hitler almost broke through the Allied lines and and, and captured Antwerp. And 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 we uh, w- you know we know about that. But we don't realize that the Japanese were doing almost the same thing. Hello. Oh, is, is, are you there?
0: Oh yeah, I'm still here.
1: Right. I'm sorry. I didn't know what that sound was. Uh, so, uh, so uh, the the Japanese were almost doing the same, and and had they succeeded, you know. Had Hitler succeeded, you know, uh, the, the the Third Reich might still be around. Uh, you know, had the Japanese succeeded, they would still be, they could still be in in uh, in Burma and in, in Indochina. Uh, you know, in Thailand, that uh, they were the the, the Japanese. In, even in 1944, had had a a, a, a band of of of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, occupation that stretched from from Shanghai, and then they were moving into. Western China uh, Southwestern China, you know, and, and Vietnam, uh, and and had they succeeded, they 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 could have had a, a belt all the way through to the to the South China Sea. So it was was really a, a very very important thing, and that would have kept maybe having, Japan would have, would have had a a, a major uh, force in, in you know on the, on the continent of Asia, which is always what they wanted. And uh, but but of course they and, and there, there was a chance that they might have that they might have gotten that. And, and that was a, one of my father's big stories was was covering that it was basically an air campaign, but the Chinese uh, uh, Chiang Kai Shek devoted some uh, some troops to to to, uh, to 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 fighting the Japanese offensive there, and that was, that was a major thing. But of course, it got very little play because. Because you know how can you cover? You, you have to cover the Battle of the Bulge. You, you know the, the Russians were uh, the, were doing all these crazy things, and uh, and so uh, was uh, uh, you know so so was uh, everything was happening you know all over the world. So it was it, it was very very difficult. The, another another interesting thing I I, I was particularly fat, fascinated by the whole question of of security uh, and uh, you know when my my father flew on a, on a B29 uh raid uh, and uh, uh it was uh, he was he was the only reporter on a on a, a B29 called Monsoon uh, over Anshan, and, and the Anshan was what uh, uh, was a, was a uh, steel mill in, in, in Manchuria, and it was a daylight raid, and they took off from a place in western China called Chengdu and they, and they, they flew about eight hours to the, to the uh, China Sea North china Sea and, and, to, and, and they had to go into Manchuria and then they flew all the way back. And it was was a very, very dangerous mission, and these new B-29s were very new and everything, and and the B-29 that that, that my father was in uh, after about three or four days of monsoons uh, uh, was a very, very difficult takeoff. The, the, the ground was, was the gravel uh, uh, ground uh, was, was very, very uh, wet and, and, and soggy and was very hard to get airspeed. And finally the B-29 took off, but its radar blister uh, uh, on the bottom, the belly of the plane was, um, uh, had been uh, shattered. So uh, after the eight hours, the, the, the uh, Colonel Laverne Saunders, the name was, uh, he, he called my father up the to the cockpit, and he said, "You know, you know, we've got this. Uh, we don't. We're 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 disabled because our radar is not working. So we don't have to go to the main target. We can go to a secondary target. And uh, if, if we go to the secondary target, you know, obviously it would be it would be less uh, uh, less dangerous for everybody." And, and he asked, I want you to make that decision. I want <laughs> you to. I, I'm not going to." Do it you i want you and so colonel sona said you the ap correspondent you're going to make that well my father said i want my ticket punched for the full ride (laughs) and so he would i and i think about that i i've thought about it a lot actually because you know he was not only sure he wanted a good story but he was also endangering the 11 men in that plane who could have been shot down uh, as a result of his wanting a good story. And I, I I'm still trying to think of, of, of that balance to him. There was no, there was no question. I mean, if he was shot down, it was fine, but he was also, uh, affect, affecting the lives of, uh, of, of, these other, of these, these other men. And that was a, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know whether he had the right, whether God gave him the right to do that or not. But at any rate, it was, it was a very, very difficult choice, but he, he didn't think he didn't think more than 10 seconds, uh, or even less than that, two seconds over the, over the, over that answer because it was so uh, so obvious to him that, that that he had to get the uh, that he had to get the, the ticket punched for the full ride. There was another kind of interesting incident as as a result of that uh, too. It was was the fact that um, when they went for their briefing before they took off um, before they took off uh, the the current there was another colonel. And he was the intelligence guy, and he, and he said, "He said um, before uh, you uh, you um, leave, I want you all to remember that that you got to that 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 there that, that there is this one thing you got to remember about about this mission. Uh, uh, you know, just." Make make sure that you don't forget, and and sort of, and and he he, he was going over all the all the points that he that he made was making with his with his pointer and everything in the maps and everything else. And then he said, any questions? And, and and okay. And then and then one guy yells in the back from the back of the of this uh, uh, shed where they were having their briefing. He he yells he yells egg in your borscht. And so my father was working for the AP then, uh, and he wrote his story, and he wrote wrote the story, Egg Egg in Your Borscht. Now, Egg in Your Borscht, is a uh, is a term that w- was used, you know, back in fifty, sixty years ago. Something like the borscht belt and the Catskills and egg in your borscht is, a, is obviously a very, very special way of having borscht. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a, a, a and, and that's what my father thought. That's all it was, just a, a special term. Uh, so he uh, he he used this as a kicker in the in the AP story, and the uh, the colonel the colonel uh, uh later saw the ap story uh, published and, and he, he ap- became apoplectic apoplectic and he went to my father and he said uh, that uh, he, that that was a very that was a very very uh, secret code word and and that he wasn't supposed to it was not supposed to be used in any kind of uh, you know newspaper traffic uh because eggen your Borscht happened to have been a the, the joe stalin in those days did not want american planes in in russia in siberia or, uh, uh, but but he was finally persuaded at the at, at a at a uh, summit conference that he had uh in in tehran with that with um, with, uh, with with roosevelt and um, uh, and Chiang Kai-shek, I think, was even at that conference. He was finally persuaded to, uh, to allow disabled planes th- that, that were bombing Japan or the Japanese islands uh, to, to land in Siberia near Vladivostok. And so, um, and so, but it was a very highly secret uh, uh, protocol, uh, and nobody was supposed to know. And the term of that, and the, and the code word for that was, the code term for that was egg in your borscht. And so when my father wrote Egg Your Borscht for the, by, for the AP uh, and, and that, that appeared, it, it, was, it was giving away one of the most secret parts of uh, World War II relationship between, between Roosevelt and Stalin and the uh, ability for, for American planes to, to, to land in, on, on Soviet territory. And, and so that was a uh, – so the colonel was extremely upset. Well, and it actually turned out. I did some research on this that that about four, three or four uh, B B-20, twenty, four B twenty nine actually did land. Uh, there were uh, that landing in in, in or around a lot of stuff that had been disabled by by Japanese fire, Japanese uh, uh, anti aircraft, and uh, as a result of that uh uh the uh, the, uh, the those those planes the the, the, the russians uh, there was a fellow then i forget his first name i think it was igor tupolev uh you know if you've heard of the tupolev uh, planes well he there was the tupolev 4 that i got this from a russian friend he he said that the tupolev 4 was was uh, reverse engineered in, in at that period uh, from the b29s that had landed that that had landed, uh, that the, that had landed uh, uh, you know for safe passage uh in 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 Vladivostok so that that's how the, that's how the russian air fleet started and uh, the uh, i guess and the tupolev became a, a very important uh, uh plane for the for the russian fleet so anyway there there are all those w- wonderful stories that, that that you know i was just afraid to, you know i think that's just too good a story to uh, to forget about mm-hmm. and uh, i think that um, and I hope I hope people will, uh, will will think the same way.
0: Well, I think as our listeners probably will attest to, this is kind of the tip of the iceberg of the stories that they'll read about um, in your book. Um, and I'm, I think we're going to probably start to wrap up because you've taken a chunk of your time today. Um, but I was wondering if, if – do you have any plans for any other projects or – um, are you working on anything else now?
1: Oh, well, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. I, I am, uh, you know, I've, I've been working on a, you know, a kind of screenplay, uh, but I, I don't, I don't know whether it'll work or not. Uh, I, but I, I, anyway, it's a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing period that I think should be captured in, um in the, uh, you know, in the, in the celluloid, the celluloid screen if, po- if possible, um. So that's that's my my project now is to uh, try to try to do something along those lines, Uh, you know, and it's a wonderful love story. I mean, you know, the the, the, my father's, uh, you know, uh, love for this uh, woman in, uh, you know, she was a Holocaust survivor, as I say, and and uh, and. She became, uh, uh, you know, very, very dear to to him and everything else. Of course, they later they later had a terrible fight. But anyway, the the beauty of it is not 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 in the fight, but in the earlier earlier love. uh, You know, they were they were very close. So and of course my mother was was terribly upset and uh, and then I guess rightfully so too so because he left her with with very little so anyway there that, there were a lot of things like that 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 I that I'd like to explore uh, a little bit more and I thought maybe um, uh, I think a movie would would do well but I, you know I've got to uh, I, I I've got to sort of t- 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 tap my Hollywood contacts on that. <laughs>
0: well, that sounds like a very um, I- interesting project. And uh, and I, I really wanted to thank you, Clyde, for being on the show today. Um, I really enjoyed uh, thank he- hearing all of the the stories and more um, more that kind of expanding on what what you've covered in the book, your book as well. So I, I just wanted to say thank you and and good luck with your future projects. Maybe we'll, well see you. see you on the screen. Yeah,
1: that would be great. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, take care. Thank you again.
1: Thank you very much, Professor.